0: Hi there. This is Karen and you have joined me for the woman inspired podcast. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad I'm here. <laughs> Since I'm the host, I'm really glad. Uh, I'd like to ask you as you have a chance to hop on out to my website, which is woman inspired If you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, please connect with me there. And those links are on the website. If you'd like more info on scheduling me for your next retreat or conference, could be this year, could be next year, please email me. There's a contact link also on my website, womaninspired.com. I'm scheduling now for late 2023 and all throughout 2024. Okay, I start out all podcasts with some pod quotes pod quotes, pod quotes, which I have no idea what those are, but pod quotes, as in quotes that I love to share with you. (laughs) So uh, here we go. This is from Dan Barker. You can cite a 100 references to prove that the biblical God is a bloodthirsty tyrant. But if you can dig up just two to three verses that say God is love, someone will claim that you are taking things out of context. Interesting, isn't it? It's true too. All right, this is by D. Period Simmons. Context is to knowledge what water is to a dolphin. Mm, think about it. Context is to knowledge what water is to a dolphin. All right, so thank you so much for joining me for this out of context podcast episode. I heard something the other day that triggered a series of thoughts about something being taken out of context. And so I wanted to share this with you. You Now, I find that there are dangerous trends going around and they've been going on for quite some time. It's just, they've sort of sunk into me and it seems that they're getting greater and greater in our culture. And I confess that I have jumped right on the bandwagon at times without really digging into it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how easy it is to share, like, and purchase things that have quotes and scriptures on them that are taken out of context and may not be accurate. And those can be on social media posts that other people share or bumper stickers or t-shirts or gifts that look so pretty in little gift shops and nice on us as garments and clothing. It can be in, on, in, on, around all of these things. So now I'm not necessarily talking about seeing a quote that no one has attributed to the original author. A lot of times if if you're writing something, you can't find the original author because many other people have quoted it and yet not attributed it to the original author. So if you do a search on Google or in some book, you'll see a quote that is attributed to five or six different people. And how are we to know the truth of which one actually originally said it? It's difficult. We don't always know. Boy, there are some people on social media, however, who get in a huge uproar over this. You may come across something that you find highly motivating, that it affected you, that it moved you. It's maybe a quote you want to share. I've done that a lot of times, actually. And a lot of times I'll have a quote that I have no idea who originally said the quote because the internet is only as good as the people who enter the information, right? Again, there are a lot of people out on social media that complain about this though because a particular quote has not been attributed to the correct person who wrote it. It's a sticky situation. There are some amazing bits of wisdom, but love and even hilarity out there that people want to share. I recently saw this controversy about some comedians who are upset because some of their work in a book has been taken and taken out of context and shared in the wrong way, and they're suing over it. And I can understand that to an extent. Um, there are some amazing bits of wisdom and funny things as well out on social media. But with social media, it's just a click of a button or a copy and a paste and boom, boom, boom you have shared something that affected you and you hope it will affect or convict or cheer up or encourage someone else. I find that one that that is one of the little blessings of social media and the blessings on social media are becoming fewer and fewer, I believe. So I think this is still a blessing, but I do find that one of the blessings, um, is also being able to, I don't know, buy a t-shirt or some gift that has a nice quote or or scripture on it, whether it's a little sticky pad or some magnets that somebody can share and put on the refrigerator. I think that is one modern day marvel that is still a blessing. Now, Can there be issues with this? Sure there can, like not being able to attribute it to the original person, if it's a quote. I personally hate to take the words out of somebody else's mouth, and I sure don't want to claim them as my own, and I don't want someone else to claim something that I've said as their own. But if someone has said something along the way that surely they meant with an intention for it to be shared, and with the intent that it should be taken in and mulled over or taken to heart really thought about or, or because they truly wanted to share their words with someone to encourage them or make them laugh, then most of the time they're not sitting around perusing the internet, trying to find out if they have been attributed, uh, the proper credit for a quote. So as a writer, I don't want someone to take huge paragraphs or chapters out of a book I've written or a blog I've written and say that they're their own. No, I don't want them to do that but I'm talking about a sentence, a quote, a small fragment of what someone else has written. And truthfully, if there's something that I've written that someone else thinks is quotable, I want them to share it. I say it because I mean it. I put the words out there, whether it's in written word or via voice on my podcast or while I'm up speaking at a speaking engagement because I believe in what I'm saying and because I believe that what I have to share might help or affect or move or encourage someone else or make them laugh not because I'm looking for ownership and credit for everything. Aren't those the very reasons that Paul wrote so many books of the Bible? To encourage, to prod, to to share the gospel with other people? For me personally, if someone doesn't know who to attribute the quote to, I'm not finding that to be offensive. If you want to steal or plagiarize someone else's stuff, then that's offensive. But that's highly different than someone taking a quote on social media that was put out there in the first place to encourage people and then sharing it with other people. So I say all of that on the positive side of things. But what did I mean when I said I see that there are problems with these quotable quotes and shareable wisdom? It's because of the very thing I said earlier about things being taken out of Context, Because the problem I have with people sharing quotes in this day and age is not at all so much about who are they attributing the quote to. Uh, Is it attributed to the proper author, speaker, or writer? If you can do it, you should do it. If you can't and you can't figure it out, out, it's okay. In my opinion, I am not the law. So don't don't quote me on that in court if someone sues you. Uh, People are sue happy. (laughs) But it's about getting it wrong. It's about taking it out of context. If I were to be quoted, I would want it to be in the proper frame of mind, in the proper wording, not taken out of context and not reworded. So we live in an age where news media, fake news media, parody and satire news media and just social media in itself makes it so easy to pull one little soundbite or one little clip or half of a sentence out of something that someone else has written or spoken and take it out of context. We see it all the time in celebrity gossip. I don't read celebrity gossip magazines, but I hear about things on the news and of what other people say. So when you see the news or you see things on social media and then you see them refuted and redone and spit back out in a different manner and then you see the actual original clip and it has complete different meaning, Um, you know that that false meaning and that way that it was edited has spread like wildfire only to later find out again that it was completely taken out of context it happens all the time especially the last few years with politicians and now this is nothing new there's nothing new under the sun news sources and gossip rags and all of these things have been going on for a long time it's just that with modern technology it spreads faster and like a rapid wildfire instead of just wildfire so what's my point what in the world does this have to do with your faith walk What does this have to do with your relationship with the Lord, which is what all my podcasts are about, Um, because the danger in this is that it doesn't just exist in the world of entertainment or writing or social media. It also exists in the world of the body of Christ and in Christianity and social media entertainment and all of these blogs and, and vlogs and all of these different things hit and affect and move the body of Christ as well. Because the world at large, whether they want to admit it or not, is basically extremely encouraged, enlightened, and inspired by the word of God, and by people who share the word of God, and encouraging experiences, and by by those who share the word of God, as well through their testimony, like online, Um, that's where people are moved, people who are not already Christians through these experiences and wisdom that comes from walking with the purpose in the Lord. The world at large is just moved and motivated by it. Just look out online how many of these types of posts, whether it's a quote or whether it's someone speaking, are shared and liked. So those of us who write and podcast and speak, or even those of us out there who are just your average everyday people out on social media, putting posts online that are just heartfelt and have wisdom or, or that God specifically moved them to share, you know, they're just out there because that's what they want to do is share them. They feel led to. No hassle, no issues, just boom, 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 click, and they've shared with everyone something that made a difference to them. These people are encouraging not just other Christians, but they're encouraging people who aren't Christians. Then, of course, You have those people who aren't Christians, some of them comment on these posts, and then of course, you have a few big corporations and people who make money off selling ads and journals and jewelry and t-shirts and gifts, who all want a little piece of that inspirational money-making pie. So what they've done is they've taken scripture and quotes by pastors and preachers, evangelists, teachers, Christian artists, apologists, theologians, and they use them to make money. I begrudge no one from starting a business or making money. So that's not my point. So I have to put that out there right away. That's not my point. If they're making money, honestly, then praise God. However, so many of these places are taking these quotes and scriptures out of context and feeding them to the world, to a world that's desperate for even just a little bit of inspiration. Some might say this is great because, Hey, it all comes from Christianity. So it's good. These little things that they're taking pieces and parts of and putting them together to push into the masses and, and to sell, well, plant seeds. Don't you think they'll help plant seeds? And yes, indeed. I have seen that happen. They do. Sometimes they don't plant a seed, but they create a thirst for, for more a thirst for someone who, um, didn't know that they were even thirsty. Uh, This person might receive something with a partial quote or a scripture or or a message from someone else with a partial quote or scripture embedded in it, or perhaps read something on social media with a partial quote or scripture, and they decide they want to know more. It moves them. It encourages them. They want to understand more and they want to be encouraged more. So they actually do the research and find out what the actual source is from this thing that they weren't aware of, this scripture or this quote. And so then they delve right into reading a book by a Christian author, or maybe even opening the Bible for the first time ever, or for the first time in a long time. The problem with this is that so many of these corporations and conglomerations pumping out ads and memes and products that with just a quick tap, tap, click social media post, they're out there. And yet many of them are not accurate The quotes are being taken out of context and turned into something they were never meant to be. The scripture is being taken out of context and then when the person goes to tap, tap, click and research the actual scripture, they find out that it really has nothing to do with their situation because it was never intended to be what the person selling it promoted it to be. Do you get where I'm going with this? There's a whole lot of fake inspiration out there. Fake people online, artificial intelligence, jacked up scripture, and some of it isn't even from scripture, although it's attributed to the Bible. Some of it's not even in the Bible, and it gets attributed to a, a thought or principle that's not what the correlating scripture means. We're being faked out. One time I was searching for a quote. I couldn't remember where I read it, and I didn't know enough of the exact words to pull it up anywhere. I just couldn't get my mind to wrap around that memory and pull it up. But in the process of searching for it, I found a webpage with an article and loads of ads for everything on it. Besides scripture, there were ads from everything from hemorrhoid cream to Bibles on it, which I don't know which one has to do with the other. But anyhow, I read something uh, that the writer had on the blog. It said, Good things come to those who wait. Psalm 125:6. 6. Now, I don't have all scripture memorized. And the older I get, the harder it is to recollect some things, chapter and verse for sure, that I used to have memorized. But I knew that Psalm 120, verse 5 to 6 does not say good things come to those who wait. And I looked it up. This is what it says. I wait for the Lord my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Things like this cause stumbling blocks for other people, for Christians and seekers who are actually searching and seeking for the Lord, for truth to hold on to, and for encouragement. We have to watch our words and we have to make sure that what we say and what we use is actually correct. Yes, the Bible has many facets to it, and one person can read a scripture and it means something to them because they're at a particular place on their walk with God, and it could mean something completely different to me, even though it's the same scripture, because I'm in a different place on my walk walk with the Lord and in my life. We're all in different seasons, but that is the amazing eternal truth of the Bible, is that it applies to all people in all situations, in all seasons, according to God's wisdom and our need, but it is never not the same. It is not ever changing. It was never written to be altered. In fact, the Bible even says something about that. In Revelation 22, 18, 19, it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Now it's specifically talking about revelation, but we are not supposed to take and alter the Bible. It is the word of the Lord and it is truth. It is never changing. But when taken out of context, it is seemingly always changing. It is seemingly bogus. It is seemingly fallible and filled with lies. And to me, if a fake scripture is encouraging someone because it's actually not scripture, it's merely partial scripture that's been altered or infused with worldly wording to make someone feel good in the moment, then it's not going to stick with the person and it's not going to help the person. And it is a false testimony of what the word actually is. It is a stumbling block. It's not going to cause them to turn to the Lord or seek or hunger for more of him. It's misquoting the real thing. Using these methods is just like telling someone a lie to make them feel good in the moment when actually it's going to make them feel worse later. Like lying to someone and telling them you won't be around for their birthday and going on and on about how you didn't plan anything for them, even though they're special to you, when all the while you planned a surprise party. It's still a lie. So you're hurting the person to then later surprise them and prop them up and make them feel good later. Or an even better example would be so you see someone that you know and you like very much and you know she's having an issue with her self-esteem and she's going through a rough time. So when you see her, you tell her how wonderful she looks because you want to make her feel good. But in reality, you see that she's dressed in something that has a rip in the bottom right at her butt and her shirt is a little crooked and her mascara is smudged on one eye but you don't tell her any of that because you're afraid it will hurt her feelings and upset her so you tell her she looks beautiful instead of being truthful to her and saying hey you've got some mascara that's smudged right across the side of your eye and a little bit on your face and then just gently adjusting the shirt for her and maybe pulling her aside so she's not embarrassed to tell her that she has a rip in the back of her pants Instead, you leave her feeling good about yourself because you made her smile. You told her how beautiful she looked. And yet, for how long? And were you accurate? Did you speak truth? Wisdom? No, you didn't. All because you wanted to make her feel good in the moment. So later on... When she looks in the mirror or someone else comments on those things, someone who's cruel and not as nice as you, makes a comment to her about how she looks, she's forced to look more critically in the mirror and realizes that you lied to her. You, a Christian, lied to her. You set her up with this great, wonderful feeling for her to only later then find out that it was all a lie. Well, and part of it was probably true. You do believe she's beautiful, so you justify it to yourself. You do believe she's an amazing person, no matter what she's wearing and whether or not she has a rip in her pants or not. But because you laced it with lies, she won't ever believe that you had any, any truth in your words whatsoever. You've become a stumbling block. That's what happens when we lie about scripture or when we twist scripture and when we twist the word of God to where it's not actual truth. It's just partial truth laced with lies Intended to smooth things over that others may not want to hear about the truth of that scripture or laced with lies intended to bridge the gap between Christian words and the worldly dialogue that's going on. When people are not getting the full truth and then when they find out the truth later, then they think that Christians are all liars. They think that Christians are the ones who are lying and that they lie about everything. You may hear and see people post on social media about how Christians are twisting the word, and that's how all Christians are because of things like this quotes and scriptures taken out of context, added to, taken away from, and altered. You know, we become stumbling blocks when we allow that to happen, and when we see it and we don't correct it again. We become stumbling blocks. And I've realized when we purchase items that have partial scripture on them or things that have been taken out of context like quotes and Bible verses, then we share them with other people. When those people then find out that that's not the actual meaning, then we have set them up with this great euphoric, wonderful feeling for them only to be let down later because they were lied to. Or misled because the scripture was taken out of context when all the while the true scripture in itself would have been enough because it's the word of God. The truth in the Bible and the words in each scripture would have been enough. One time I was in a department store, it was years ago, and there was a woman there with her husband. She was shopping for clothes and he was tagging along and kind of waiting on her. She was in the dressing area and was trying on different outfits. He was sitting just outside the dressing area in some chairs. So she'd come out and show her outfit to him and he'd say, oh yeah, that looks nice. Then she'd come out with another outfit on and he'd say, oh yeah, that looks nice. Well, I was in the back in the changing area trying on different outfits myself. And so I would go in and out and look at myself in the bigger mirror. This is a process I hate, by the way. In fact, I don't even do it anymore. I just buy something, bring it home. And if it doesn't work, then I take it back or send it back. That's my preferred process. But anyhow, this is back in the days when women would go in and spend hours trying on clothes and figuring out what they wanted to wear. Maybe they still do. I don't know. I'm kind of out of touch with that whole world of clothes shopping. So I have no idea. Anyhow, she had come in and out about five times. And every time I could hear her husband's answer was the same thing. Oh, yeah, that looks fine. Well, let me tell you this. In case there are any men listening, no woman wants to hear her husband or boyfriend say, oh, that looks fine. Or, oh, that looks nice. Either say, honey, that doesn't look quite right on you, or no, that's not a good color for you, or be more specific using other kind words like, oh, you look really pretty, honey. Something more than, oh, okay, that's fine, or that's nice. No woman wants to look okay or fine. They want to look good. Can I get an amen? (laughs) They don't want to look cute. They want to look pretty in case there are any men listening, I'm just giving you a clue right now. Okay, so this is what was going on with this woman and her husband. Finally, she came out one last time. She was frustrated because I could hear her mumbling under her breath in the changing stall next to me. So as I popped out to take my outfits to, you know, put the ones back that I didn't want and keep the ones that I I wanted to buy. She comes marching out of her changing room stall with a kind of a little steam going behind her. I kid you not. She had on every outfit that she brought into the dressing room all at one time. I mean, she had a skirt over jeans and two different tops on and she took some blouse and wrapped it around her neck like it was a scarf. It was hilarious. She stopped out in front and said to her husband, How does this look, honey? He looked up and said, oh, it looks fine. (laughs) I left before they had words that I did not want to be privy to, but it cracked me up. Obviously, he was just telling her what he thought she wanted to hear because it was easiest on him and he didn't want to deal with it. Sometimes we run into people like that. They want to slap us with a scripture or with a quote or something nice, anything that will make us feel better in the moment so we'll go on our way or so they'll go on their way. That falls in line with this whole, let's just make people feel good, even if we don't tell them the truth. It's not what we want to hear as women or as children of God, whether you're a man or a woman, but it's also not what we need to hear spiritually or as children of God. We need truth, men and women alike, people of all ages. We want truth so we can grow and we want our scriptures to be accurate and our quotes to have truth. To have depth and meaning in them, not things that are made up or taken out of context. It doesn't matter if you misquoted a word and you put this instead of that or there instead of what or that sort of a thing. But something that is taken out of context and changes the meaning, that's the problem. Do you know how many Bible verses are written incorrectly or misconstrued or taken out of context? And even more so, how many phrases are out in the world today that are attributed to being from the Bible and yet they are not from the Bible? Let me give you some examples. Ready? Money is the root of all evil. Okay, that's not what the Bible says. It says money is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, and it's actually the love of money. This too shall pass. This is another one. This too shall pass. Also not in the Bible. It does say over 400 times in the New King James translation of the Bible that it shall come to pass. And Second Corinthians 4.17 does say that our affliction is but for a moment. But that's not the same as this too shall pass. Here's another one. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, while the Old Testament does talk about being clean and clean eating and clean living and the Jewish laws of the time were a lot about being clean, nowhere does it say cleanliness is next to godliness. Although, I must say all smart people and people with OCD probably figured this is true anyhow. All right, so here's another one. God works in mysterious ways. I personally never thought that was in the Bible, but many people actually believe that it is. It is not. The Bible does talk in Isaiah 55 how God's ways are not our ways, but there is no scripture that says God works in mysterious ways. And of course, some of you may already know that in an effort, someone m- made many years ago to apparently sum up the meaning of 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, they shortened it, altered it and made it sound so encouraging, light and worldly that many people now believe that God will never give you more than you can handle is in the Bible but it is not. It does say in that same verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is faithful beyond what you can bear. Okay, so in other words, he won't give you more than you and he together can handle, but it doesn't say that he, that he will, that God will never give you more than you can handle. All right, here's another one. God helps those who help themselves. Nope, it's not in there. In fact, there are many places in the Bible that talk about how we should be leaning on God to help us and that we are helpless without him. Romans 5, 6 and 8 says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And one more for you. The eye is the window to the soul. Okay, the Bible actually says in Matthew six twenty-two through 23 The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, if that doesn't speak to what's in your soul, I don't know what does. But the Bible doesn't say that the eyes are the window to the soul. So I want you to think for just a minute. What do you believe? Are there things that maybe you believe and think are in the Bible, but aren't? Are you sharing those things with other people unknowingly? This is one of the main reasons that reading the Bible for ourselves is so important so we know if something has been taken out of context and misused. One time years ago, we went to visit a church and during the service, the pastor was preaching about something and he said, we have no need to say the word hallelujah. We need to learn to praise God in other ways. The word Alleluia was never uttered once, in the, was only ever uttered once in the entire Bible, just once. And I was shocked. I looked around and no one else seemed to be stirred. No one else was questioning this, but I knew it wasn't accurate because I read the Bible and also I went to college for it. I was seething inside, honestly. When we walked into the church, we noticed that almost no one had a Bible and, and, you know, they didn't bring Bibles with them to the church and there weren't Bibles in the pews either. All the scripture was up on a screen in front of everyone, which is fine. That's great. It's easy to, to read what translation it was. I have no idea. I don't remember, but here these people were sitting in a church, no Bibles in hand and totally ignorant to the fact that their very own pastor had just said something that wasn't true. FYI, the word hallelujah was used 24 times in the book of Psalms and four times, I know for sure, in the book of Revelation. I don't know how many times elsewhere. Okay, so none of us is perfect. We all make mistakes. We misquote, we relay meanings sometimes that are not accurate, or we don't communicate well enough and we get ourselves confused or someone else confused. Or we accidentally take things out of context. That's all part of being human. It truly is. For those who do it on purpose, it's a whole different thing. But these brains of ours are phenomenal and probably do so much more than we could ever imagine they can do, but we just don't know how to tap into it. But they aren't perfect. But this we do know. It is our job as members of the body of Christ, to help hold each other accountable. It's our job to help sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron and make sure that we aren't giving out false information, especially in the name of Christ, all to plump up egos or for a feel-good moment, when in reality, it could do more damage than good. That's what happens when we take things out of context and we purposely use them in ways they were never meant to be used. So I encourage you today to know your word. If you don't know it, get into it. Know the Bible. You don't have to know it by heart, but you you need to know it enough to know if a lie has been told to you or to be able to research it and look it up yourselves if it doesn't sit quite right with you and if it doesn't sound quite right. And when you see a scripture on something, look it up for yourself and make sure it's actually being quoted correctly Yes, there are so many different translations to the Bible and it could be that way, but make sure the meaning is accurate before you share it with somebody else. Okay, that's the the podcast about taking things out of context and I'm so glad that you joined me for it. Please tune in next time to The Woman Inspired Podcast and if you have any kind of information you want to share with me, you can find a contact info on my womaninspired.com. I hope it's positive. Please like, share, follow, and um, download this podcast. Thanks so much. You have a blessed week.